When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode of Southern Gothic includes the depiction of suicide. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Don't hesitate. You matter. have ghosts, legends that have grown up around some supernatural occurrences, generations of students tell to each other, that ghost organist that plays at Judson College, that poor girl at the University of Montevallo who years ago caught her clothing afire. All over you find these ghost tales, but the finest of those ghost stories, those college ghost stories, is told here at Huntington College in Montgomery. Hey, Happy New Year, y'all. It has been far too long since we released an episode of Southern Gothic, but here we are, back and hopefully better than ever. Thank you to everyone who's continued subscribing to Southern Gothic, supporting us over on Patreon, and following us on social media. Brianne and I are so grateful to have you here. And of course, we also want to welcome all our new listeners who found us in the last few months. Now, I will admit that part of the reason I've been out of commission that I may have taken on a few too many projects in the last few months. But one in particular was a total dream gig for me, and I'm dying to tell you about it. I got the chance to step in and edit for the boys over at the Astonishing Legends podcast while their longtime partner in crime, Sarah Voorhees Wendell, went on her maternity leave. Like I said, this was a total dream gig for me. The podcast has hands down been one of my top five for years And I even fanboyed Scott and Forrest at a podcast convention up here in Nashville just this last summer. But for those of you who haven't heard of it, Astonishing Legends is a podcast that deep dives into unsolved mysteries and the paranormal. With subjects that range from Bigfoot and UFOs to haunted places and infamous disappearances like D.B. Cooper and Amelia Earhart. The kind of stuff that kids like me, who grew up on Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of, would totally be into. So if that sounds like your thing and you're going to check it out, of course I'm going to recommend that you start with one that I edited. 
Back in October, Scott and Forrest did a three-part series on the true story of the exorcism that inspired the famous book and movie, The Exorcist. Now, these dudes were seriously thorough in what they covered. But man, I gotta tell you, the sound design that Ryan McCullough did on these episodes is absolutely insane. So, if you get a chance, go check that out. And of course, Scott, Forrest, Tess, and Ryan, thank you so much for making me feel like a part of the team. But most of all, Sarah, congratulations on the new addition of the family. Now, one more thing before we jump into today's episode. I've got a pretty cool announcement to make. Brianne just found out that some of her writing is going to be included in Volume 3 of the new all-female paranormal journal, The Feminine Macabre. For those of you who have been a longtime listener of the show, you might already know this, but my sister has gotten really hung up on a couple of the stories that we've covered here in the past, and she keeps going further and further down the rabbit hole with them, looking for stuff that nobody else has ever found, some of which will actually be included in this piece. But I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet, as the book won't be coming out until March. So if you want to hear more about the project, visit spookeats.com or sign up for the Southern Gothic newsletter, and we'll let you know more when it hits the shelves. So with that, let's get on down to Alabama and explore a classic Southern ghost story. Huntington College is a small but historic liberal arts school based in Montgomery, Alabama. The institution was founded as the Tuskegee Women's College in 1854 and saw its first graduating class of four only two years later. Then, in 1872, the operation of the university came under the oversight of the United Methodist Church and it was renamed the Alabama Conference Female College. By 1906, the school had outgrown its campus in Tuskegee, so a search began for a new location, and in 1908, 50 acres of land were purchased in the Cloverdale neighborhood of Montgomery, which was donated to the school for this purpose. With this relocation came yet another name change. This time, It would be called the Women's College of Alabama. But again, the name didn't stick, as men began to be admitted to the school following World War I. It has been Huntington College ever since, a name selected in honor of Selena Hastings, the Countess of Huntington, a prominent Methodist religious leader and a key figure in the 18th century Wesleyan movement in England and Wales. Today, Huntington College embraces its mission to, quote, build great lives and continues to grow both its enrollment and course offerings. But for such a relatively small school, Huntington has the incredibly unique distinction of being considered one of America's most haunted college campuses. The 
notable infamy, however, is not for reasons that you might expect. It is not the site of an immense amount of paranormal activity, nor does it have a particularly dark history. But rather, this historic Alabama campus is home to an iconic haunting, an apparition that is known simply as the Red Lady. My name is Brandon Schecksnyder, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. For generations, the folks at Huntington College have claimed that the ghost of a former student haunts the fourth floor of an old dormitory named Pratt Hall. Legend says that not long after the women's college moved to Montgomery, a young woman named Martha arrived on campus from New York. The girl was sent there by her father, an Alabama native who had willed her a great fortune as long as she attended her mother's alma mater in the Deep South. So Martha reluctantly did as he wished, enrolling in the college despite knowing absolutely no one on campus. there was something even more unique about this young woman than from where she came. Martha had an obsession with the color red. She wore only red dresses and decorated her room with draperies, bed coverings, and other items, all with a scarlet hue. Being naturally shy, she struggled to make new friends in these unfamiliar surroundings, and it is said that this isolation only grew deeper and deeper over time, as many of her classmates mistook her apprehension and eccentricity as an air of pretension. On the other hand, Martha may have misunderstood their interest and attempts at friendship, often feeling as if she and her peculiar interests were nothing more than a sideshow for her classmates. As a result, Martha's life at Huntington College grew into one of immense loneliness and melancholy. Eventually, Martha's roommate decided that living with someone who hardly ever spoke to her was just too much of a burden to bear, so she requested to be moved into a new room. Unfortunately, what followed was a series of the same. Over and over again, girls were assigned to live with her, only to be driven away by what became a more and more disagreeable Martha. So after months of this occurring, the dormitory president made the decision that she herself would move in with the eccentric northerner. This seemed like a pretty good idea at the time, as the girl was well known for her ability to get along with practically everyone. The eager young woman then made attempt after attempt to build a friendly relationship with Martha, but every time she was met with continual disappointment, and as time passed, the otherwise upbeat and sociable dormitory president found herself becoming increasingly depressed over the arrangement, just as the other girls had before her. Then one day, she too decided that it was time to go. Yet Martha was unaware of her latest roommate's decision to leave, and on that day that she began packing her things, Martha was so surprised to find her preparing her exit that she lashed out at the young woman 
confronting her with a rage-filled tone. So you couldn't stand me either, like all the rest of your stuck-up friends. I was beginning to think you really wanted to be my friend, but you hate me, just like all the rest. Well, I'm glad to be rid of you. Take your things and go. But I'll tell you one thing, my dear. For the rest of your life, you'll regret leaving this room. This was more emotion than anyone at Huntington College had ever seen come from Martha, and although the dormitory president was disturbed by the outburst at the time, she brushed it off and carried on with life. But Martha did not. The eccentric freshman felt abandoned once again, and this time it was by the one person whom she believed might have actually wanted to be friends with her. Martha soon took up the habit of wandering the corridors of Pratt Hall, walking into rooms where other girls were congregating, only to have them excuse themselves from the group, one by one, until she was again alone. In despair, she would then head back to her own room in solitude and wrap up in her red blankets for comfort, as the alienation that she felt became more and more overwhelming. Then at night, she began walking the dark halls of the dormitory in what some described as a trance-like state. Martha opened doors and entered rooms without invitation, creeping out her fellow classmates by staring at them in an eerie manner and further pushing them away. Whether the intent was malicious or merely the product of a mental breakdown is unknown, but to the girls of Pratt Hall, it was truly unbearable. Then one day, it all stopped. Martha did not attend her classes or show up for meals in the dining hall. Feeling guilty, the dormitory president decided to go and check on her. As she neared the fourth floor room, the girl noticed a deep red light streaming out from around the door, which upon opening, unveiled a chilling sight. The girl then unleashed a chilling scream that echoed through Pratt Hall, and students came running to her aid, only to find in shock that Martha lay dead in a pool of her own blood, dressed in a red robe and wrapped in a crimson blanket. The young, lonely girl from New York slashed her wrists in one final act of desperation. To this day, Students claimed to see Martha's apparition wandering the dark fourth floor hallways of the one-time dormitory, entering rooms through closed doors, and mysteriously vanishing in thin air. And it is said that on the anniversary of her suicide each year, a scarlet glow of red light emanates from the door of the room where her dead body was found. Almost a century since her supposed death, questions linger on as to who exactly this eccentric girl from New York actually was, or if she ever really existed. Is it possible that the Red Lady of Huntington College is nothing more than an urban legend told to scare the wits out of incoming freshmen? Or is this spirit wandering the corridors exactly who generations of students claim it to be? I'll let you decide as we explore these questions and more after the break. 
Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together, through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups, and trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000, and it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. While the story of the Red Lady has been passed down by generations of students through oral tradition, it was one of Huntington College's most well-known graduates who took it off campus and expose the world to the legend, the celebrated Alabama storyteller, Catherine Tucker Wyndham. In the 1960s, Wyndham and her former English teacher at Huntington, Margaret Gillis Fee, set out to quote, record tales of those spirits whose adventures have had such widespread appeal that they may be designated as Alabama's greatest ghosts. The result, was their now well-known book, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey. To say that the pair were successful in their endeavor is an understatement. The book, which was published in 1969, is still hands down the most iconic collection of Southern ghost stories available today. And Wyndham's storytelling has become ubiquitous in the genre. In fact, this is the sixth story from that specific book that we've explored here on Southern Gothic. The appearance of a ghostly ship engulfed in flames on the Tom Bigby River makes itself known through the echoey, melancholy sounds of a phantom piano. Veteran soldier. For many of these stories, Wyndham's tellings have become the most widely accepted versions. But in many cases, we're left wondering where they originally found the tales. Fortunately, when it comes to the Red Lady of Huntington College, we know exactly where she first heard it, as a freshman at the school from which she graduated in 1939. But frustratingly, the Red Lady's inclusion in 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey 
includes little information that would help verify if the events described in it are true. Not only is Martha identified by her first name alone, but her date of death is also vague, as Wyndham writes that it happened simply, quote, a long time ago. Nevertheless, we attempted to find her with what facts we did have. Using 1912 as a starting point, the year that Pratt Hall opened, we searched a number of digital newspaper archives for absolutely any information related to Huntington College. Unfortunately, we found absolutely nothing that could confirm such an event had occurred. No obituaries, reports of deaths, or suicides on campus. Not even the slightest mention of a student named Martha. While this alone does not definitively rule out the veracity of the tale, the lack of documentation and the use of a fairly stereotypical plot suggests that the story is likely nothing more than local lore. This hypothesis is further bolstered by evidence that suggests that the tale of the Red Lady evolved from yet another story predating the Montgomery-based campus. It is said that sometime in the late 19th century, a spectral woman was seen in the dormitory of the Alabama Conference Female College in Tuskegee, Alabama, on the top floor, then known as Sky Alley. Several of the students first noticed the figure walking the hall just after lights out as they were preparing themselves for bed. They claimed that the young woman was dressed in a scarlet dress and had an eerie red glow emanating from her. She strolled wordlessly down the corridor, a red parasol in hand, illuminating the dark hallway with a red aura. Students gathered in their doorways to watch as she walked seemingly unaware of their presence. And when she reached the end of the corridor, she turned and walked back the way she came. Frightened by her change of direction, the students scampered into an open room and shut the door behind them to avoid being noticed. They then silently huddled around the sealed door and listened to the sound of footsteps echoing on the other side as she walked back and forth, back and forth for hours on end, until finally as dawn began approaching, the footsteps faded away as mysteriously as they came. Curious to see if this mysterious figure was still in the building or not, Several girls ran to the window and caught sight of her walking away, disappearing silently in the early morning light. After that night, the apparition in red was never seen in Sky Alley again, but it is said that she left a lasting impression on the young women who witnessed her walk on that fateful night. Some even refused to sleep without a candle burning at their bedside, forever fearful of the dark. Yet no one was ever able to explain the appearance of this eerie apparition, who she was, or from where she came. Over the years, some have come to believe that this apparition was an omen of the future tragedy that took place at Pratt Hall. But what's more likely is that this story is simply the seed from which the more infamous tale has grown. But if that is the case, how did this tale originate? 
Since the publication of 13 Alabama Ghosts in Jeffrey, the story of the Red Lady has been retold in various other books and online articles. Yet remarkably, the story has stayed almost completely consistent with the version presented by Catherine Tucker Wyndham. Occasionally, the young woman is identified as Margaret instead of Martha, or the alumnus of the school was another of the young woman's family members. But otherwise, practically every aspect of the tale is the same. However, one element of the story's retelling that is seen to shift amongst the various works is its tone. In the original work published by Wyndham, Martha is very much the victim, a misunderstood shy young woman who despite trying to make friends, is looked upon with disdain for her family background and her unexplained interest in the color red. Her shyness and nervousness at being in a new place are seen by the other students as haughtiness, which then causes them to react negatively. While other versions of the story have Martha coming off as someone with a better-than-you attitude and a strong resentment toward the other girls. In these versions, the other students do make every effort possible to befriend the young woman, but all their efforts are rebuffed. In these stories, Martha also actively isolates herself, and the result is a bit of a morality tale passed to each new generation of students, serving as a reminder to be open and accepting to their classmates, as failure to do so may just lead to tragic consequences. This tale of morality is very likely a remnant of the Sky Alley story, providing a unique insight into its origin not as a means to scare future students who believe in the paranormal, but rather as a shaming one through the use of an age-old archetype. After all, sightings of this type of apparition are far from isolated to Alabama and are actually part of a larger theme in folklore that crosses varying cultures and periods of time. In the first episode of our podcast, Ghost Tour, Birmingham-based author and tour guide Wolfgang Poe described a similar but more prevalent archetypal tradition, the Lady in White. You can talk to them. You know, the classic white lady story, you pick them up on the side of the road. You go down the road taking them home. You go over the bridge. For whatever reason, you look away. You look back. Your seat's wet. She's gone. And you find out later that bridge is where she jumped off the bridge for whatever reason. You know, that's the classic version of the story. As Poe suggests, the Lady in White has been a prominent fixture in ghost lore for centuries throughout almost every culture of the world. And we've even covered several of them here on Southern Gothic. Typically, these women are seen as innocents who for some reason or another have been forced to endure a tragedy or loss that they did not deserve. As a result, their spirits have remained, either grieving their loss or hoping to complete their unfinished business. The Lady in Red exists as part of this tradition. But in contrast to the White Lady apparition, the scarlet-hued ghost is often a jilted lover or prostitute that has become the, quote, victim of objectification. 
Her fate is typically not one of innocent misfortune, but instead the result of her own immoral decisions, her vanity. With this in mind, it's hardly a stretch of reason to understand why an urban legend like this would come about and flourish in the dorm of a historic Methodist women's college in the Deep South. Today, the Red Lady is not Huntington College's only resident ghost, but it is certainly the most well-known. Pratt Hall has since been converted from a women's dormitory to the home of the Education and Psychology Department, and perhaps ironically, the infamous fourth floor houses the offices of the campus sororities. Of course, Huntington College does not remain silent on the Red Lady altogether. There were several mentions of the spirit in past newsletters that often relate to either Catherine Tucker Wyndham, the school's frequent placement on lists of haunted colleges, or Pratt Hall's presence as a stop for local ghost tours. Still, some claim that despite it no longer being a dormitory, red light can be seen emanating from beneath the closed door on the anniversary of Martha's death. Some say a hint of red can even be seen through the window if you look closely enough. But exactly what day those lights appear is uncertain, for the legend of the Red Lady does not provide that information. Nevertheless, those who hope to one day see her remain undeterred. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider with the support of listeners like you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to receive even more content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Little Shacks. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello. My name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. Pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast.